0: The Nail in the Coffin! Welcome to The Nail. I'm Tom. He's Travis. It's Thursday night and a week ago... We had hoped at this point that we'd be getting ready for the ALCS or at worst watching game five of the division series between the Indians and the Astros. But uh, that is obviously not happening. Uh, Things went uh, very south very quickly, Trav. uh, It was a rough weekend for the baseball team.
1: Yeah. About as, uh, about as, as ugly as a playoff run can be. I think unless I know there were some people saying, I think the Rockies were the other one that just flamed out and disappeared. But uh, we had high expectations and needless to say, they were not, not met, not, even, not, not even close to met for being honest.
0: No. And I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't, and I'm curious to know where you're at on this now. We're a few days removed from it. Um, I, I wrestled with this all day in terms of whether I even wanted, you know, if, if we even wanted to do this one, just because, you know, I, I, open up the podcasts app on my phone and every cleveland sports podcast i subscribe to is all pretty much done their post-mortem on the indians and it's just kind of like well shit how many more times can you know put it out there that uh yeah hey it, it was horrible um and honestly if we had done this i think monday night this would be a very different Episode at least on my end, um, I was extremely annoyed and and I think I don't know if disgusted or disappointed is the best way to describe it. But I I was in a very not happy place after watching Game Three on Monday, and a few days removed from it, I, I I've lost a lot of the uh, vitriol that I had built up watching that series unfold. Yeah, I don't know. I'm
1: always we're obviously very disappointed. I don't know how like how much you can really dwell on it. Like Houston's really good. Um, after they took one and two, it was going to be a long shot, anyways. I will admit, for game three, I was just somewhat disgusted with the effort they put forth uh, after I don't know what was it fourth or fifth inning, whenever you know. Everything went to shit. Um, the Indians had the lead in the seventh. They did. Was it the seventh when they were? Was yeah. it two one? Yep. Okay. So they were they. They were showing heart, and then the wheels just completely came off. Right, and I, I'll be honest, I can't really blame the guys that you'd like to say, oh, you know, you're a pro, whatever, blah blah blah, all that shit. But I can't really blame at one point you could tell that they just they were done they were spent and they weren't really they'd kind of given up on the game and i can't totally blame them for where they were at i don't think um i don't think like cody allen wasn't trying to get guys out or that trevor bauer wasn't trying to get guys out or whatever the case was but you just look at the effort they put forth they you don't win a playoff series that way you just don't
0: Six runs on 13 hits for the series. Something like that.
1: And, you know, the heart of the order was absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Jose Ramirez, we, we hoped. We saw he kind of had a, a bad slide at the end of the year, right? Well, that, that rolled right over into the postseason. Um, it was just ugly all around. I mean, if your best players are playing like that, you're not going to win. Plain and simple.
0: No. Um, and I think the thing that was just the most frustrating for me or the most disappointing part of it is, you know, that I heard the phrase thrown around more than once that this was a very Cavs like regular season where, you know, the postseason's a foregone conclusion and you're just marking time waiting for uh, waiting for October to roll around. And, you know, with the Cavs, I mean, we went through some frustrating regular seasons, but you always knew that when the lights came on, in the postseason and the playoffs began that you're going to get a fun two months of basketball. And we didn't get that end of the deal here with the Indians. It was like, what the hell did we just sit through six months of games against the Royals and the White Sox and the Tigers and the the twins uh, for, to, to have it all unravel in four days.
1: And it definitely feels amplified because the baseball season is so damn long. There's so many games you're playing every day. And I don't know that that I would have you know expected or you know suggested anything be done differently during the regular season. Yeah, they locked up the division early. They probably you know rested some guys that if if they were really in a playoff hunt would have played um, things along those lines. But I don't know that they, it's not like they were taking it easy or they weren't trying to win games when they were in there. Um, I think it's just that they weren't they weren't they they weren't conditioned to like having to win right they weren't conditioned to, to playing good teams and Houston's really damn good like I no margin for error right exactly you play a team that good you have to be at your best and let's be honest even if the Indians were at their very best I'm not I'm not positive they still beat Houston right so clearly they were not at their very best but if you play a team that's that good you, you just can't make mistakes. and you look at the first two games, I mean all three games really they were right in it late in the game and just a slip up here and there cost those games. Houston jumps on those. The Indians weren't used to having to do that. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably part of it. I mean you it's kind of honestly that's kind of a shitty excuse now that I say it because <laughs> you know they've been in the playoff for three years. They made most of these core guys made it to the World Series two years ago. So they're used to playing in big moments, right? They should, that shouldn't be an excuse that flies. And I'm not totally sure why I even, why it pops in my head and if, if it's even accurate or not. But something just, they were not there. They were not sharp. Um, Lindor had an okay series, obviously. Nobody else did anything. Um, no, Actually, I thought Jan Gomes did okay. Um, but no one else really starting pitchers start the I, starters I, other than well, Kluber was a little rocky obviously but yeah Clevenger and Carrasco both did exactly what you wanted them to do bullpen fell apart hitting was non-existent like fielding three errors from a pitcher like that's one of those things where you're just not going to win plain and simple you're not going to win that way no um so I mean what are you going to do it is what it is at this point in the cat I don't want to punch myself for saying that, but <laughs> I hate that damn phrase. I don't know why I just said it, but
0: well, the Indians had me wanting to punch myself after yeah, watching no them kidding. for the, the last three games. But uh, what do you make out of everything that has come out this week? It's been an interesting few days, and uh, just to recap, um, there was the story. I think it was in the Athletic that uh, there were some players basically implying that the. Astros were much better prepared. Uh, they had more complete scouting reports. They knew everything that the Indians wanted to do. Um, there was Mike Clevenger, of all people, getting into a Twitter fight with Robert Flores, uh, the TV guy. Yeah, um, the, easy,
1: the easy-loving hippie all of a sudden getting getting real angry. I don't know why. I,
0: the, you, you could have given me 25 guesses. On a twenty-five man roster, and you I'd guess with else. I'd guess somebody else twice before I'd, have, I'd have guess Clevenger. Right. Um, there was that, and then uh, the other one that I thought was interesting. I was listening to to Andre not today, and he was talking about um, the fact that there were red flags with the health of um, Cody Allen and Andrew Miller uh, within the organization, worse than than what was made public all the way back to like the first week of March. And I mean, I can't say that the Indians didn't address their bullpen during the year. I mean, their biggest acquisition was Brad hand and God knows through the first three months of the year, they certainly had a revolving door out in their bullpen trying to find guys. But it's, it's interesting to me that, you know, knowing that and hearing that now and, you know, thinking back to like, how the bullpen was used in this series. And I don't know, it's just, you know, who knows how much of this stuff would have made a difference, but it was just kind of interesting as you start hearing the stories trickle out over the last few days after the season's over.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of easy to say in hindsight, but clearly, um, clearly guys were not, not what we were used to seeing. Andrew Miller obviously looked really bad. Um, by Andrew Miller's standards specifically, um, I think it's probably unrealistic to expect him to do what he did two years ago. Um, I think that's what most people think. Oh, because he was, you know, the most untouchable man on the planet for like a month, um, in 2016. That that's what he's always going to be. Um, that's that's not that's not normal. It's not how humans pitch typically. (laughs) So uh, expecting that all the time, I think is unrealistic, but he had major control issues. Obviously was struggling to locate. Um, Cody Allen just fell apart in the one game. Uh, Game three obviously was terrible, but I don't know. It's clearly the guys weren't right, but I, I don't know that it does a whole lot of good to really look into why, or, you know, come up with reasons why it didn't work. Um, I honestly think plain and simple, this team, if they were full strength, 100%, everybody was playing, um, you know, reasonably as well as they could. I still personally don't think they're good enough. Um, I don't know what what the fix is. I don't know what they need to do. But I think um, relying on Jason Kipnis in center field and some of these, you know, that alone should tell you, hey, this team's not really in a great place. And no, and so
0: I mean the outfield situation, I think it's it's kinda crazy what they went through out th- out there this year. I mean, Michael Brantley ended up being the most durable guy they had.
1: They fully and, expected, I think, Leonis Martin to be yeah, Mar- Martin there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, what did he play, 10 games? Something if like that? that, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, I mean, that's just something nobody you can't can can't do anything about it, right? I it mean, for. it just
1: is what it is. Like, damn and, it, did it again.
0: <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, you had Martin go down, obviously. Um, you you lost, uh, Lonnie Chisholm Hall was basically MIA for, I think, all but about 25 or 30 games this year. Um, Bradley Zimmer, and it sounds like, He's going to be down for a decent portion of next year as well, um, you know. And instead, you're left with Melky Cabrera booting a ball in right field um, down in Houston that kind of started the snowball in, in that game. I can't remember if that was one or two, but um,
1: that was
0: game two. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Let's be honest, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's a guy who's probably not even on the postseason roster if you're not dealing with all those other things. And um yeah, I, I just I don't know. It we could we could spend another twenty five minutes going into all the numbers. I mean, there's just carnage throughout the box scores of this series. Um but I don't know. I just I, I start to You know, turn the page. I'm looking ahead on this and, you know, the team. And, you know, like you said, I mean, obviously they're going to need to retool. I think uh, our pal Kevin Kleps had a good story this week, breaking down just what they're looking at in the offseason. There's a lot of guys that are going to be back that are going to be getting significant raises. Uh, A lot of guys are going to be out the door. And they're going to have a good number of holes to fill on their roster and without a significant increase to the payroll or some guys getting traded, it's going to be really hard uh, to make any sort of improvement uh, talent wise, which is uh, kind of a tough spot to be in. I, I think it's going to be a tough off season.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody wants them to wants something, right? Everybody, know anyone realistic, being being honest with themselves, can look and say, "Hey, this isn't. We got to do something else if we want to compete with these other teams." But we're we're probably sitting around, some people are probably waiting on another encarnacion type's signing or something along those lines. It's it's just not coming. It's not the way that they operate. Um so I I, I don't know, I think fans are gonna be a little disappointed and I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh the Indians uh season ticket uh executives are a little uh behind the eight ball and have a little bit of a struggle at the moment.
0: Well, the good news for them is they've all season their numbers have been projecting ahead of pace. So they uh, they, they actually ticket wise, I think, are going to be in good shape. But that actually kind of leads me to the next point. I, I just you know I'm going to watch. I, I'll watch the games next year. I'll, I'll go. I only went to two games this year. I'm, I'm going to go to more next year. Um, summer just kind of got away from us. Um, but. It's just, I, after going through a season like this, I just, as a fan, how invested do you get over those six months? Cause you know, you know, again, barring something real crazy happening with one of the other teams in the division, you're going to be an overwhelming favorite to win again. Um, you know, and the team's proven over the past three years that the regular season ain't the issue. Um, there's not a lot of drama in the regular season and it all comes down to October and nothing that the Indians can do from, as we record this October 11th, 2018 until probably October 1st of 2019 is really going to do anything to change anybody's perception of who they are and, and, and what kind of team they have. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, um after the run they did they had two years ago people central or uh central division titles don't matter anymore they're not interesting to fans no one cares about them they're not going to get people excited anymore so i don't know it's they're in a tough position because they got to figure out a way to keep people excited but they're not really super willing to to invest a whole lot in that i think and it's I'm with you. I mean, baseball season's so damn long to begin with that. It's just, it's hard to get excited every night about, you know, that, that seven o'clock start time to play the Royals or whoever the hell they're playing 162 times a year. You just can't do it. Um,
0: I so, will, I'll disagree with you on, on investment. I mean, they, I think they had the 14th highest payroll in the league this year and it was the highest payroll they've ever had. And, just I, I would think they're gonna be over that next year even if it's not suddenly going into you know the 200 million dollar range or anything like that I um, for you know where we're at and and what their uh, their ticket base is and and all of those other factors I I don't know I, I don't it's tough it's tough I, I I don't you can, know.
1: you can. I mean, you can look at payroll and say, yeah, they're you know fourteenth, they're right in the middle of the pack, right? But they're not there. They need something else, right?
0: They're, yeah, well, I mean, what look kills like a team you is, ready, are they? No, I mean, what kills you is, you know, I mean, the big sign you mentioned, Edwin. Um, you know, last couple of years, I mean, he's hit what 30, 35 home runs, driven in over hundred runs a year. Uh, has he done anything really? in the postseason
1: well last year he got hurt
0: right last year he got hurt i mean that was a kind of a freak injury but i i think he got back in there before the end of that series and you know and obviously yeah, this no, year, he's, yeah i, I mean, think he, he had he, one really good at bat down in houston where he fouled off a bunch of pitches and finally took one the other way and got a single out of it okay great but yeah i mean he's a
1: guy you need you need production if you're gonna spend money on a guy like that you need production from him consistently you need to be able to rile out he doesn't need to you know you don't need a homer from him every game but he's got to give you like you said he's got to give you good at bats he's got to get on base once in a while driving a run here and there and he hasn't done it but nobody has like every single person with probably the exceptional indoor everyone has underperformed yeah. every, everybody like across the board like you said except for the starting pitcher so it's i don't know it's 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 a hard position to be in because you mentioned like the scouting report do you think if they're better prepared, those guys maybe play up to their expectations and all of a sudden maybe we have a better series? I don't know. I'd like to think so, but it's it's tough to say for sure.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Ugh. All you're, right. not,
1: you're not I, in Fire Tito camp, are you?
0: No. No, I'm not. I, I don't think this was his best series, but um, I as I think you texted me, there were – 20 reasons they lost this series, and he's only, you know, he, he's not one of – he. it wasn't his – I'm not saying it's, uh, it's not his fault at all, but way too many other things for me to, you know, start singling out the manager. And I remember what this team looked like with Manny Acta. Um, I remember the end of the Eric Wedge years. I can remember uh, the summer when I was looking at the standings and trying to figure out if the Indians – were to win more games in their regular season than the Cavs did that year, and they didn't, and the Cavs played half as many games in their schedule. Um, you know, say what you will, I, I, I think, you know, I think Tito's got his foibles here and there, uh, but I, I'm still, I, I still support him. I, I think what he's brought to the organization, the turnaround, um, that the organization as a whole has had the credibility I think he's brought. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't a great, but no, I'm not firing him over that. No.
1: What did you think? <laughs> and this is just sort of a weird tangent. What Lindor's bunt in game three, did that come from Tito or do you think that was Lindor's call up there? Cause I thought it'd be funny if a guy who is as, like forward thinking and progressive as Tito has been with his bullpens um, was still like super old school with bunting. I would think that's funny, but
0: I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I heard somewhere that that was a, a Lindor decision, but either way, like that, that just infuriated me. And I know they got a run out of it they got the lead out of it, but he's the one guy in the lineup should never
1: that, have the bat th- that is hitting.
0: Him. And you got two guys on, you cannot be throwing away at-bats to move runners over. And he laid down a great bunt. I and mean, he almost was, beat it. Yeah, I mean, he was half a stop. Right, step. so that's about as good of a bunt as you could possibly hope for, and it was still an out, he, he, you know. And that you, you can't have that, and it was just compounded by the fact that I think his next at-bat, he came up and hit a home run. And it's like, that would have been nice to have in the at-bat when you had two runners on. You know, I, I just...
1: Yeah, no. I mean, it, I don't know who it was. my My prediction was that Lindor got up there and he just thought he saw something. So he said, yeah. "I'm gonna take a shot at this, see what happens." He thought he was gonna be able to turn it into a hit, and took a great play from the pitcher to barely get him at first. So you can't knock it too much, but ultimately, oh, I mean, that,
0: that, I can't have that. Yeah, especially when everybody else in that lineup is struggling. Every guy behind him was struggling as bad as they were. You need run pre- your 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 best weapon in your in your lineup. It cannot be throwing uh, at-bats away to advanced runners.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of times when you see a team struggling to score runs, something like that can can make a huge difference. But I, I'm with you. Lindor's not the guy that should be doing it. Literally, you know what else makes else a difference? You know it. what
0: else can get things kick-started? Fucking three-run homers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if your alternative is um, laying down a bunt and maybe getting a single... Um, and the only other thing that you think could happen is a home run, you're getting a little desperate too. But let's be honest, they were quite desperate at that point. So huh. I can't really I can't argue too much with you on that one.
0: Yeah. All right. I I I I've got nothing else constructive to say about any anything related to this postseason run. The thing is, is, like lesson. you
1: can literally bring up everything and be like, Yeah, that that was a problem. They need to do better there. Yeah. There's, there's nothing where you can look at it and be like, Yeah, okay, well there's uh there's a little bit of a silver lining there. I guess the starting pitching, you can say that, but their run production was so pathetic that it's hard to even be too excited about the, the pitching.
0: It was a sense of obligation that got me rolling on this conversation tonight. And the fact that we got 20 minutes out of that, th- this, this discussion of the Indians postseason run lasted almost as long as their postseason run itself. So, hey, oh, hey-o. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm I'm open to anything else you want to talk about at this point, unless you really want to keep uh, beating the dead horse. No, I'm good. I'm okay, good.
1: I, we've I mean we've gone back and forth, and at, at, at this point, there's nothing we're gonna say that anybody hasn't already heard. It's all just shitty. Like, right? No, nothing went well. That's that's sort of it. Guys didn't hit as well as they could have. Maybe the coaching wasn't as good as it should have been. Maybe the in reports are off. Maybe Tito didn't manage well. Whatever it is, like you can blame so many different things that has, hashing them all out and and breaking them down and listing them all off isn't isn't really going to do anybody any good. No one wants to listen to that.
0: No, no. What do they want to listen to? We got to give the people what they want.
1: The people love Baker Mayfield right now.
0: Hell yeah, they I will do. say
1: that. Uh, <laughs> you and I, you and I met up down at the the Muni on Sunday.
0: That was and, a pleasant surprise. It was good to see you down there. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. It
1: came, us. Up, it came up, uh, got a little bit in there. It was nice, little uh, great weather for it. Um, looks like it's gonna be more of the same this week. Um, there is there is a tangible electricity going on right now um, around that terrible stadium that they have. Um, <laughs> it's 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 weird, man. Like I don't know what they're doing. Like the game on Sunday. Just a uh, defensive slugfest. Terrible kick to win the game in overtime with two seconds left. Like, I don't know what's going on exactly, but I'm here for it, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and keep drinking it in every week.
0: I'm gonna tell you what. This is a, a perfect segue because it felt like watching the Indians. They there was like that that feeling uh, that mojo that whatever that momentum just was not there and they never found it going into the playoffs and they never had it in that series and the Browns. And I can't believe I'm saying this because it's been so long since it's been the case. They've, they've found a little bit of this, they've got it. And there was a buzz in that stadium when I went in there on Sunday. I mean, you could just see it in the beauty lot. You see the number six shirts and the jerseys everywhere around you. Um,
1: yeah, really, know, qu- really quick, if Baker was getting paid for how many, like, bootleg shirts are being sold with his <laughs> name or face on him in the muni lot, he could retire now. Like, it is, th- he's the only thing that anyone's selling.
0: It's, uh, the, the Cleveland t-shirt economy is, uh... It's undefeated. Uh, it, it, is undefeated. it is unstoppable.
1: It is unstoppable. But
0: he's... I'm telling you, it's, though, man, it... <sighs> It was just the 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 craziest thing in there, and just what a different vibe it was from the last time I had been at a Browns game, and I think that was two years ago. Um, like, I mean, they, they gave up the field goal early, and then the Ravens had the ball inside, you know, in the red zone, on their way in to score, and then... You know, that, that could have put the Browns in a 10-point hole. Browns forced that turnover. I think it was that was the Denzel Ward interception, right?
1: Um. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, so I was listening on the radio. Um, and
0: it was just one of those things where, like, you know, that game, it just, you, you got this sense that, like, they're going to find a way. And there was, like, any number of points, especially in overtime, like when they had that that fourth down play where Landry got blasted and there was the no-call because it was uh, uncatchable. Um.
1: Which I didn't think mattered for illegal contact or holding, but what do I know? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That officiating crew pissed me off all day. You know, forget like the fact that the Browns had a ton of penalties and the Ravens didn't. I mean, if one team's committing penalties and the other one's not. That's because, the way it goes, right. That's the way it goes. That's fine. But no, what drove me nuts about them was every single flag had to turn into a 25-minute conference before they could announce what the penalty was. Keep the game moving. I, I, I don't need a conference. I don't need to see a referee in the backfield throw a flag for holding at the quarterback's feet and then run 25 yards down the field to talk to somebody in the secondary when there were no flags down there. Like, what what are you discussing at that point? It just it was brutal.
1: Yeah, it um, well,
0: wasn't the best, but that's not, been sort not, of a trend. Not, this not year. a smoothly run ball game, but it was, you know, as it get, got into crunch time, like every time the Browns would take the field these Baker Mayfield chants just start breaking out and everybody <laughs> is like eager to get on board with it. And it's just like the sense that no matter what the situation is, this guy's going to find a way to like pull something out of the fire here. And then he did. I mean, you get the overtime possession, um, with, uh, with good, good God, that reverse call deep in their own territory, uh, put them behind the chains and you know he pulls the rabbit out of his hat and gets the big play down the field to Willies, and you know they're off and running, and they ended up getting the game-winning field goal. But um, the, the the they've got a buzz, and and you could just, you know, yeah, the the you know, special teams are rough. Um, it's not just the kicking game. I think the punter's been pretty good, but you know ev- you watch them every single time that it's either a kickoff or a punt, their gunners are. Overshooting, and and the first line of the first wave of tacklers is missing. Um, so I don't, you know, their their coverage drives me nuts. Um, returns they're constantly getting called for holds. So I mean, you, you got things like that to work on. Um, you know, Hugh Jackson, I still don't think is going to be winning Coach of the Year anytime soon. But um,
1: yeah, that reverse is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I don't know who called uh, I don't the, know if it. with yeah, him or Haley. Todd Haley or who, but that was terrible watching i don't know that i've been
0: i'm saying all that though is like a preamble to the fact that like it's still working for him like those you could tell that team buys in yeah and they play hard and you know they're not they're, they're never out of games and, and they've got an offense that can move the ball and they've got a defense that does shit you know it's it's exciting
1: yeah yeah i mean i i Was there was probably a point, I think it was like three minutes off. I think it was the Landry, uh, no call, right? So on the fourth down, I think it was fourth and five, and they didn't convert it. And Baltimore got out. I was like, all right, well, it was a good run. They're going to get in field goal range here. This game's over. Um,
0: any other year, that's exactly how that goes.
1: Yeah. And I still, still not totally sure how they were able to turn it around, get in field, excuse me, get in field goal range that quickly. Um, and the kick did get blocked, the or got tipped, the the game winner. Um it looked like a, a just a duck, right? And it barely got over the The Knuckle Puck. Right. <laughs> barely got over the post, and I was laughing at how terrible it was, and oh, at least it got through or whatever. But it did get tipped, so it wasn't nearly as bad as it looked. Um and they were off sides. I don't know if that ended up getting called and they just didn't bother with it or what happened there, but um No, I mean you're right. It's Obviously, I was not Baker guy coming in to the season, uh, especially around draft time. I was not all in on Baker, um, but he's a guy, man. Everybody plays for him, um, and he finds a way to make plays. He doesn't quit, and that's—I mean—that's sort of like those generic platitudes that you hear about everybody. But there's something there's something about him, man, that just makes guys want to go out and make plays. I think, like, if I told you—I uh, don't even know his first name, Willie. What's his first name? <laughs> The, the uh, receiver.
0: Oh, D- Derek Willis. Derek Willis. Yeah. Derek, Derek Willis. Yeah. Uh,
1: I always want to say Bruce Willis. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> um, that that skip, but it's what always pops in my head. But like that's not a name you expect to hear in crunch time of game and overtime on Sundays. But there he is uh, making plays, and Baker's finding him when he needs to. Right? It's it's just weird. Like everything seems to be going. Everything's coming up Baker. Um, it's, it's special to watch and I'm, 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 I'll be very happy to be wrong about that draft pick. Honestly, I it's, he's got something and he's, and he's getting better like every week. He's not, he's not forcing things. I think that was sort of the thing that I was a little nervous about after they beat the jets was like, he's going to come in and try to do everything. And he's been really good about not doing that. And I think that's probably the biggest testament to, he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders at least. Uh, at least in terms of football. Uh,
0: There There were other quarterback prospects in this draft that had the physical tools to be successful, but I feel like with the Browns' situation and with how bad they've been for so long and the culture, or lack thereof, that they've had for so long, if this thing was ever going to get turned around, you needed somebody under center that was going to be wired a little bit differently. He he somebody that is gonna have a swagger about him, um, and is not just the physical tools. He's he's the guy that, you know, can be a little bit of a red ass and and, you know, have have that air about him, um, and have that cult of personality that can get everybody else around you to buy in and believe. And I don't know, maybe there are people that are you know, rolling their eyes at that. But I think that's a real thing. And that guy is a gamer. And I don't know that any other quarterback in the draft could have changed, not just like the quality of play on the field, but the culture that, you know, runs throughout the whole, you know, franchise and the whole team and the whole product that you see on Sundays, uh, like the, like what he's been able to do since he's taken over this job.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's just, infuse life into the whole franchise and that's that's all great i will say you mentioned the the physical attributes we've seen a couple of those um couple of those issues and there have been huge issues obviously because they've still managed to win a couple games and whatnot but um the biggest knock coming into it was he's, he needs to be a, a few inches taller right and that has popped up a, a time or two um, during games. So I'd like to see mechanically them try to do something to, to get over that. He's not going to be able to see over the line all the time. That's, that just is what it is. But there were a couple times and I don't know, you were at the game, so you may not have necessarily picked up on him. but even the guys calling the game were like, yeah, he's, he's got to do this. Cause he can't really see over the line. He's a little shorter than your typical guy. So this, that, and the other thing. And, and that, that popped up, but beyond that, he's doing everything you want him to do. Um, and I think he looks worlds better than anybody would have reasonably expected him to look at this point.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. Oh, it's good to have a fun football team again. I know we said that on here a few weeks ago, but, uh, it's still true. It was not just the Thursday night game. It seems like this might actually be a recurring theme here for a few weeks anyway. And yeah, uh,
1: this, they're gonna be fun. They may only win, you know, five, six games or whatever the case is, um, and I, I don't expect them to really like contend for the uh, division, at least yet. But they win a couple more games all of a sudden. That's that's in play. And I don't know. They're they're going to be in every game. Like They're going to be competitive the rest of the season. They're going to be a team worth watching. So I don't know. Strap in. I think it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything else in the, the wonderful world of sports that uh, is on your mind?
1: Nah, I got nothing, man. I, I'm still bummed about the Indians. I don't want to dwell on that too much. The Browns are fun no. enough. Buckeyes are looking pretty solid, minus the occasional huge play that they seem to give up. Um, I don't know. No, nah, I got nothing.
0: The uh, the UFC circus the other night was kind of interesting. I didn't actually watch the pay-per-view, but I saw it, what I needed to see on Sunday morning.
1: Yeah, that was um, interesting. There was a whole bunch of chaos going on there, wasn't there?
0: Uh, they, they are steering... Fully into the uh, uh, some aspects of WWE with how they're promoting their stuff now, and um, I don't know. I, I think the biggest loser, and that's probably Stipe, which sucks because yeah, because
1: he's not much of a he's not much of a showman.
0: Just pretty much a good old fashioned ass kicker, and you know that, that does be suck. good enough.
1: Doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, and I think that feels. Largely why he's not getting a rematch, at least to this point, and he's not going to be getting the the first shot at Cormier. But, um, yeah, that uh, that's something. And uh, the Jimmy Butler thing yesterday, I thought was that was the other thing that kind of jumped out at me this week. What a what a clown show that was up in Minnesota. Yeah, um, I don't
1: know what's going on there. That is so he's he's weird. He he looks like he's just kind of a weird dude. Maybe we didn't realize it before, but
0: I. I think it's incredible um, that he basically. I think he pretty much his camp duped ESPN. I mean, the, everybody's like, "Wait a minute!" Now, so he he goes on this random practice and has this whole epic scene, and they just happen to have people on, the, you know, in Minnesota, their studio crew that does the jump. Yeah, they like how did they set up with Rachel
1: him. Nichols that quickly?
0: Yeah, well, it, she. Did a very smart thing, I think, by coming out and saying, like, we were told the day before he was ready to talk. They're thinking, oh, this guy hasn't said word one to pretty much anybody uh, other than management telling him to trade him. Um, so if this guy finally wants to make a public statement, yeah, we'll go. Not really knowing what they were signing up for in the process. Um, but just a, a wild deal. I, I, I've never seen anything like that with just a, a whole thing coordinated by you know a players camp like that I, which is what it appears this was so um, strange days i still think they're going to end up getting a deal done to ship him out of there sooner than later and i guess he's trying to force their hand in it but wow
1: where um where do you think like where do you think he could end up and and how many teams do you think he could go to that and I had this discussion today, actually. So I'd be interested to hear your opinion. Where do you think he could go? Or do you think he could go anywhere that would make a team um, a serious threat to Golden State? Because right now, that's all that I'm really interested in is, can anybody beat them?
0: Houston. If they if they can figure out. Is that it? Is that the only one you think? Yeah. I mean, they're... I, and I... I mean, I, I think the Lakers would get a huge boost bringing him in, but I, I still don't think that would be enough for them.
1: Um, Anybody in the East? I mean, obviously Boston. I don't know how much they're willing to give up. They, I don't know. I don't know what their assets look like they now. Even, I know they I always have, have a bunch of assets. Why well, remember? Odd. Yeah, I remember that um, when Butler was still with the Bulls, he mentioned really would have loved to play with Kyrie. So, right. I don't know if you look at the Celtics though. There's not. Many Miami, minutes to
0: go around. I was going to say Miami is the team that sounded like they basically had a deal almost done. And then there was some last minute waffling from Minnesota side at the last minute that derailed things. So, I mean, I guess if you're betting, it seems like they'd be the most likely team to get something done. But I, OK, I mean, good for him. He's going to get to go you know, down to South Beach and probably end up resigning there and get all his money. But I, I don't really take them seriously, even with him. So um, yeah, that, that is what it is. <laughs> now you got me doing it. <laughs> it's contagious, man. It is. God damn it. <laughs> but I don't know.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like there's only a handful of teams. I don't know that anyone right now is going to be able to compete with Golden State. And there's only a couple teams that I think are like a guy away. So how much are teams really willing to give up for him? I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I don't, it, it would be the NBA. I don't know if they would want him to go somewhere like Houston, where they suddenly have two power teams and kind of everybody else. But I honestly think the East, one of the, one of the East teams, if we'll, we'll say Boston, because um, everybody loves Brad Stevens and, Maybe despite the talent gap, they could get coached into into really competing with the Warriors. But I don't know. I feel like they're going to try to find any story they can to keep this season interesting as people are sort of getting Warriors fatigue.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. I probably uh, I'm thinking you know the Cavs start next week. What do you say we do a uh, full on uh, Cavs welcoming back to the NBA deal uh, next time we convene here? I like it. All right. Well, I think I'm about tapped out here. What do you say?
1: Sounds perfect. Take it home.
0: All right. Well, as always, you could subscribe to The Nail on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We're on those as well. And uh, you could stream us on WaitingForNextYear.com. Uh, what else do we always like to plug here? Oh, Facebook page, Facebook.com slash The Nail Podcast. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it. So uh, for Travis Julie I'm Tom Valentino.